Welcome to the Echo Cast, episode 102. This is a podcast about the Division 2, its community, news, speculation, and updates. I am Bon Diesel. I do Division stuff, such as this podcast. I do a Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash bondiesel, and I have a YouTube channel with lore videos and rants sometimes. I'm also on Twitter at Bon Diesel. Follow at your own risk. I'm the worst. This week, we will have a state of the game recap. Uh, Warlords of New York expansion discussion and review. Uh, too long didn't read. Just get it. It's worth every penny. Some community topics, listener questions, and content updates. Thank you to our Patreon supporters for this month Hassan, Christian, Darren. Justin, Tim, PK, DJ, Jimmy, Benny, Tony, and our newest member, Dale. Thank you all for your support. Uh, you are what helps me convince Bay Diesel to continue to let me do these things that take up way more time than you would imagine. Um, if you would like to support this podcast and my other content, please check out patreon.com slash the echocast. Okay, so content updates. I really don't have anything, nothing going on right now. I'm trying to stream two, three times a week. Uh, I'm going to try to put out like a Warlords of New York review. Um, I want to dig into it a little bit more. I mean, let's be honest. I don't need to be the first one to do a review because if I get 100 views, I'm going to be happy. So I would rather dig into it, see how I feel um, as I dig into um, title update eight and the other updates <clears throat> and as they kind of maybe bring out some updates um and fixes to bugs so in the next week or two i'll probably do that and that's that uh so state of the game recap this was a fairly short one um review wise uh, we had hamish yannick and drew talking about the release of warlords and mostly going over bugs and feedback and kind of addressing some things that the community is bringing up um, they know that a bunch of bugs are being fixed um, or uh, have already been fixed. Um, they did address the PVE balancing. Um, that Basically, they're going to keep an eye on it for later, but they feel like there's people who think their builds are better than they are um, and maybe don't realize that you legitimately need to have like really good gear to do even challenging content um, and heroic and legendary. I mean, you basically need to have god rolls all around um i think they recognize that in title update seven and before you could almost throw any build together and it would be just fine and you could steamroll most content and it's that's not that's not what they wanted um and that's not what we have anymore um, they did talk about PvP time to kill being extremely, extremely fast. Um, that's not intended. Uh, they do intend for the time to kill to be pretty quick, especially when people have builds that should make time to kill very quick. 
Um, but I, they even seem kind of unhappy with how like insanely fast it is. Um, and then they detailed a little bit information I think we had pretty much already gotten. Um, but they talked about the season um, that's going to start next week uh, and the manhunt that's going to come along with it. Um, so we will be going into spoilers during this podcast. If you haven't, um, if you haven't played through the end of the Warlords season or uh, the story, I you, I would just suggest turning off the podcast now. So I'll give you like five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. So um, at the end of Warlord or at the end of the expansion story, um, Keener dies and. Uh, we f- and he activates a rogue network as he dies, um, which we find out um, essentially makes the the rogues into a faction, and it turns them into another you know an organized group of enemies that we're going to have to worry about moving forward. Um, and there in and so the next manhunt has the new leader of the rogue faction as the main person we're going to kill. And then four of their lieutenants that we're going to hunt. Um, and I believe um, that they're going to attack DC. So I think that this next manhunt is actually going to take place in back in Washington. So um, if I remember correctly, I need to rewatch the end. So long story short, they talked about that. Um, they talked about how um, every three weeks a new target is going to be revealed. So um, the, the first four targets revealed will be the lieutenants. And then the final one will be the the leader of the rogue faction um i suspect uh that that's going to impact things um we'll talk more about that in a moment um and they did mention that the emp sticky will be a reward so i don't know if that's gonna if the emp sticky is for the first lieutenant that's that's where we're gonna get it or if it's gonna be for the main lady uh the main manhunt target that comes at the end so i don't know um, my thoughts on it. Um, I think the PVE balance thing, um, I, I think they have a good point. I suspect that they may tune down the difficulty just a little bit because it does. I mean, there's people who have, I trust they know what they're doing and I trust they have fully maxed out builds who still say it's a little bit much um, to the point where the biggest annoyance is that they just run out of ammo. Um, the, the enemies are so bullet spongy that they that they're running out of ammo so you know that that probably needs to be addressed from a pvp standpoint the funny thing is is that um, i haven't jumped into pvp yet because my builds are not ready um but i will be totally honest the the videos i've seen the time to kill is a bit quick um but if they just balance it just a hair and make it because you need to in a pvp game you have to be given a chance to react obviously there's some games like you know, like Escape from Tarkov and stuff where where a one-shot headshot is is fine and that's the way the game goes, that's great. But um, what I would say is it's way more, especially in a game like this, you, you know, it's Call of Duty has kind of perfected it where there are one-shot headshots in Call of Duty, but the time to kill in Call of Duty has always been tuned so well that you can get hit once or twice and in theory, you always have enough time to like catch cover real quick, whip around and fire back. Most of the time, you feel like you had a chance to still win that fight. Um, and I think that's a balance they need to find with, um, with Division PvP. That's always been difficult. 
Now that said, they're pretty adamant that they don't want it to return to the way it was before, which is good because people were running these like hilariously tanky builds. Um, I mean, it just turned into Division One again, where people had so much armor. It was just, you know, I know a lot of people think that the 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 timing of med kits was such a big deal back in the day. I guess I don't know. I still don't. I still think it was just a really cheesy form of PvP. So um, it, it seems that they don't want to go back to that, um, but they do want to maybe give people a little bit more time to react because I saw some videos of people melting people like literally before they could even like raise a gun. Um, and in a game like this, you know, we're not looking for like a realistic time to kill in this game. When it comes to the manhunt thing, um, I'm excited for the new season and stuff because what I've noticed um, with the shade leveling system, and this is kind of getting into the Warlord's impressions, um, but the shade leveling system, um, when you kill Keener, you take his watch and um, the shade network hacks the watch and you start to wear it. So to me, it's like kind of creepy that, we, that we're wearing Keener's watch, um, but whatever. And... Uh, it actually has, it seems like the rogue faction has their own Isaac, which is called Anna. Um, I'm kind of curious to find out what it stands for. Uh, but what's interesting is that his watch can tap into the rogue network's communications. So you get all your normal Isaac stuff like we always have. But what I've noticed is that as you're leveling the shade levels, um, it's unlocking story content. And so... The first few levels um you're you're getting this bit of information about these rogues coming in like you know they're making plans to attack so you're getting a little bit of story content from the darn watch which is really cool and they've been pretty emphatic that um these seasons are going to be story um the seasons are replacing the episodes from year one um so it seems like i don't know if we're gonna get new missions and stuff like that i wouldn't be surprised if we do um eventually but it seems like through this watch and through these lieutenants and these manhunts is how we're going to get more story moving forward. Um, so, okay, well, let's just, we'll just jump right into the warlords. So I'm going to talk about my impressions of the warlords um, expansion. Uh, I'm not going to go super deep into it. I think next week I'll maybe more like, I'm kind of just going to give first impressions now. Um, and then maybe next week I'll break it down to like a typical review. Um, so, uh, my general thoughts on it is I'm really impressed. I expected a lot because they talked this update up a whole lot. Um, and honestly, it, it, it blew my expectations away. I would argue pretty stubbornly that the story in Warlords is the, is the best story that's ever been told with Division as a franchise. I mean, it's just... I know a lot of people really kind of seem to really be a big fan of the first game. And I understand because there were some memorable characters who we do revisit here. Um, but the way that they treat the story, I mean, it really felt like this time due to cutscenes and good dialogue and just fun missions and, and things that seemed cohesive that were happening. I mean, it felt like I was really being told a good story for the first time in this game which was awesome. Um, okay, so obviously, again, there's lots of spoilers here. So um, I'm going to jump into kind of the highlights and um, 
the things that kind of jump out to me. And like I said, I think next week I'm going to do more of like a deep dive. Um, I may just do the podcast about this, about doing like a full review, um, set it to a video and I'll post it on YouTube as well. Um, so the Keener fight on Liberty Island was the fact that it was going to be on the Statue of Liberty Island, Liberty Island was so cool. It was it was kind of hinted on the on the character screen if you notice that when you select your character if you scroll around in the background is the Statue of Liberty's head um, so I think that was kind of a very in your face hint um, but the fight was just so cool um, you know when it when the, so if you don't if you're listening to this and you're accepting the spoilers um, what happens is when you kill the final lieutenant to find out where Keener is, you find out he's on Liberty Island. So you need to steal a ferry to get over there. And um, what you find out is the Black Tusk have arrived in New York City at the end of this, at the end, you know, at the same time. And they're also trying to get over there, trying to take over the ferry. And you fight them off, you get over there, you fight Black Tusk and their new Warhounds and their LMB recruits. And then there's a moment where you see this big quadcopter or something drop off a freaking, um, uh, the, uh, the, the raid, uh, boss. Um, of course I can't remember it now that I'm on the podcast, but, um, and, and so you have to fight the damn raid boss and it's obviously it's not as difficult as a fight as the raid because you know in theory this needs to be beatable by one person and and then you fight the the last marauder drone that the black tusk have and it's taken over by keener and then you go into the, like the statue of liberty like the base of it and there's this there's this sequence where you go into a room and Keener hacks your Isaac and starts posting these messages like, you know, the, the division is a lie. The division is corrupt. You're going to die. Like, and showing all these crazy visual effects to screw you up while he deploys a bunch of shade tech that's been hacked to attack you. It's just so badass. And I'm pretty sure that the area that you go into was a safe house for division. Um, I need to do that mission again and pay closer attention. But I'm pretty sure there's markings on the Statue of Liberty that suggest that the basement of the Lib Statue of Liberty is a safe house. And then you go out and you face Keener, and, and it was a hell of a fight. Um, I, it made me realize that the only time you had fought like a rogue was uh, in Division 1. You had the LMB rogues, of course, an AI rogue. Um, but uh, you, you also fought... Um, the the dude in the in the subway uh, if anyone remembers those cheesy videos they put out that video series there's a, quite a few of them um asher uh so what happened was when the 1.4 update happened it screwed up their release schedule so they delayed the asher uh fight even though it was supposed to happen like right when the game came out so i want to say it was like a year and a half later that you get a notification to go to the subway and you fight this rogue agent and it was a I mean, to be fair, you, by that point, we were so overpowered that we just obliterated him. But he had Hunter AI, so he was really fun. And that's what it, it reminded me of this fight with Keener. 
Um, I won't go into it. You need to go do it yourself. Um, but it was awesome. So after that, again, we're in super spoiler territory. Uh, you find out that Fei Lao has um, betrayed Division. Um, she hasn't necessarily gone rogue, but she has joined forces with Black Tusk. So um, for me, this was almost like kind of sort of spoiled because uh, when I was doing the 31 to 40 run, I picked up a piece of intel and listened to it. And um, so it seems like I haven't gotten all of the intel yet, but um, I guess after the events of the first game, um, there must have been a big base in Hell's Kitchen. I don't, I don't, it shouldn't have been the safe house. I assume it sounds like they built a settlement in Hell's Kitchen and it got attacked by Rikers and everyone, like most people died. It, it, it hurt the city a lot. And one of the people who died was Felov's sister, who, if you remember the side missions from the first game, she's the one that you had to search for and you found playing a piano near the uh, the Hudson River, um, which is still one of my favorite moments in the game. It's just the, the music is so pretty. And then um, after you get her, she actually shows up in the base of operations in the first game um, playing music there. And it's it's just a cool moment. So apparently she uh, died in this attack by the Rikers, and um, there's a series of intel recordings that you get in the Warlords um, New York City expansion, uh, where she is talking to an agent who they've captured who went rogue. Um, and long story short, there's there's one of these intel where, where Faye says, like, I will work with anyone I have to um, to to make this right or to get back at you know to get revenge, and when and when as soon as I heard that I was like oh she's gonna she's either gonna join Keener, but I doubt it because she really hates him, or she's gonna go to the Black Tusk because if you don't remember um, from the comics I think the book um, there's indication that other rogue agents you know or other agents went to the Black Tusk to to assist them um, and didn't necessarily go rogue exactly but but essentially did. <clears throat> so phase betrayal, you know, it was so funny how like this game story has been so like kind of weak that I didn't think it, you know, I didn't think that would bother me so much, but she's like one of the few characters who we really felt somewhat attached to. She guided our agent all through the first game. Um, you know, we, you know, we, most of us, I think we're happy to see her after we reactivated the shade network um, at the beginning of Division 2, you know, when it first came out, you saw her fighting with her eye patch, and it was so exciting. Um, and then she, you see her in this expansion. She looks badass. She's kicking ass. You know, she even guides you through some of the missions, I think. And then to see that betrayal, it was really weird. It, and it's one of those things that this game has always done well in making, like, the bad guys, like, reasonable. So, like, I mean, it's understandable why she joins them, Right. So, after the expansion story is over, um, so now we have Faye with the Black Tusk. So the Black Tusk seems as powerful as ever. Um, you know they do have to pull back because Keener kind of steals all their goods, but you know it's they're not going anywhere. They're, they've taken over the whole East Coast. Um, we have a new rogue faction, and now we have a Riker and. Cleaner factions without leaders. Uh, and side note, there's some recordings um, 
that really make it sound like Joe Farrow is still alive. Uh, so I don't, if someone's seen this, let me know in the discord. Um, I actually have a discord room that's set to not say for work. So it doesn't send notifications uh, without permission. Um, that's a spoiler room. And so go ahead and chat about it in there. Um, so I don't know if someone's found out more than I have so far, but it, it sounded to me like Joe Farrow is still alive, which is interesting. Um, and, and so now we have a bunch of these factions with no leader and then we have an organized rogue faction and we have a, um, the black tusk with a very knowledgeable person who's now working with them. Um, I will say before I get into some of that is, um, the four, some more, the, the four Lieutenant fights, uh, Javier, uh, Dragov, uh, I can't remember the other two. Um, the Javier one was my favorite, uh, again, spoilers, but you fight him by going down into the tunnels, uh, and fighting cleaners. And it gets to the point where the cleaners were trying to make new tunnels under the city using one of those giant subway tunnel boring machines. And you fight to, through a whole tunnel boring machine, which like, is like a moving city basically. And it was so freaking cool. It was such a cool mission. Um, and then the actual fight with him was, I mean, he was hard. Like even on the story level of these missions, this was like a difficult thing. Um, and, but yeah, the Javier one was my favorite. Theo was neat because of, of the deception. Um, and I felt like Dragov and, um, oh, and the, 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 uh, the female agent, she was, uh, Victoria or something. I can't, I felt like those were kind of standard division boss fights, um, with Dragov and her, but they were still fun. It was still good stuff. Okay. So after you finish the whole story, you hit level 40 and that's, um, you know, been kind of a topic. So the new loot and gear system is, you know, I'm, I'm adjusting and <laughs> getting used to it. Um, I think it's, it's very different. Um, I think once I'm in it for a while, it'll feel kind of second nature, but it's even very different from the first game. So it's, it's essentially like they've introduced a third brand new gear system. Um, but I do think in the long run, it's, it's going to be a good thing, even though they may need to kind of balance some stuff out. Um, we do have hunters, uh, so far, as far as I know, um, only two of the hunters have been found. It's kind of a puzzle you have to figure out sort of, and you, um, you go through and unlock some stuff. I mean, you can look it up if you want to find it. I don't really want to, to drop it here. Um, but you fight two at the same time. And so there should be six more. Um, <clears throat> what I will say is I really hope that there's still a way to fight them other than these setup ones because there's, um, there's a, it's fun to find these ones that are set up and that's cool, but I also would like to just be able to fight them randomly, like at night. Like if like instead of these stalking hunters, I'd really like if they just attacked you. <laughs> just drop some decent loot, make them tough to fight. Um, now, what I will move on and say is with the ending of the expansion story, with the new rogue um, faction, uh, it seems that now I've run, I've seen reports of people saying that they were 
running um, like level four control points and instead of and in the middle of it four rogue agents show up and just start kicking ass um they're level 40 and they're super tanky um that they're hard to fight and they have all the the shade gear right so um what i what i found out is so i assumed that when they then when they were talking about the quote-unquote not hunters during stay of the game the last few weeks um i figured that was it like oh maybe during like heroic missions control point fours you know that's when they'll attack you so myself i discovered uh that you just in the open world um i was running and i saw a couple dudes and they looked like um ambushers i was like well that's that's weird there's only two of them and then i aimed at them and the rogue symbols popped up and i was like holy crap they they can just show up so i guess if we don't get the hunters this is a good replacement because they're as a solo, I fought two of them, and it wasn't like impossible. And I'm and I'm playing on the normal settings. I haven't raised the the universe like the world difficulty yet. But they were hard. I mean, there were multiple times where I could have died for sure. Um, and the fight just with those two took a while. Uh, and then, and especially because you know other factions can still get involved, and so we had to deal with some cleaners and. Um, so just be ready for that. Um, now there, there is some weird stuff kind of along that line. Um, there are, uh, the, so I don't, I have not seen the underground faction, uh, in New York. Um, I'm pretty sure those are only in DC still. Um, but the ambusher faction, which you see occasionally in DC, I feel like the ambushers are as common as cleaners or rikers. Honestly, they might be more common. I might see them more, the the ambushers. So if you remember the ambushers back in DC, um, are co we, we catch them cooperating with the true sons. So I don't know if they're supposed to be like collaborators or a like an offset group of the true sons or if they're just working together. Um, there's no indication that they're working with anyone in DC. I've seen them attacking both the Rikers and the cleaners. And then there was a really weird decision made that, that another, so there's an, there, there's another faction. So there's the Rikers, the cleaners, the rogue agents, the ambushers, and then there's the Raider faction. And I saw some people throwing some shade about it. So this Raider faction are just dudes with, um, head covers and no armor and some basic ass guns who die in like three shots. Um, it's the same enemies from the intro mission. If you remember those like generic enemies that you fought in the, when you first start a, a new character, um, there were some people throwing shade that it was a lazy move to throw these guys in. I don't necessarily think it was like a lazy move. Like the people were saying that they think they're supposed to replace the rioters. I guess maybe, um, I just saw them as just some cannon fodder they threw in, especially for low level, like level 31 agents, right? Um, but I just don't, it, it is weird. It'd be nice if there was some explanation for what they are. Now, I will say with that Raider faction, I've found like some of them are just by themselves, like scavenging, like going through like loot. Um, and so I assume they're supposed to be like the the citizens who aren't part of a settlement um, and, and haven't, you know, aren't part of New Haven and are just trying to survive. They're kind of like the rioters, but I don't think the rioters are necessarily supposed to be represented because 
some of the, I think it's the Rikers, have an SMG unit, like a rusher unit, that has dual machine guns, who I think is supposed to be, um, there was that Riker officer or sergeant or something who would run around with dual machine guns. And I think that, you know, kind of the way that the Black Tusk have some of the LMB, it seems like the the Rikers have some of the, the rioter factions. Um, so yeah, when it comes to the factions, some of the new archetypes are really, really cool. The freaking rioter sniper or uh, the Riker sniper drives me, or is it the cleaners? Whatever one has a little circular shield, they are a pain, and if you don't take care of them quickly, they mess you up. <laughs> so, and they're and they're hard to hit. Like I found, I just started chucking nades at them because um, they were such a pain. So, as you can tell, I could probably ramble on forever about <laughs> about this. Um, so I'll kind of cut it short and go right to conclusions. Like I said, next week I think I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make like like a like a nice organized review sheet and just go through all the different parts of the game and give my opinions on them um, and kind of what I hope to see maybe in the future. Uh, but for now, I'll just kind of leave it with some of those first impressions. Um, but in conclusion, I think this is, like I said before, I think this is the best content um, we've ever had in division. I, I really do. Um, if you're hesitant about the 30 bucks, I, I mean, I think it's worth, I, I, I know I'm biased. I know I love this game and this franchise, but um, I've never felt like money was better spent. Um, I think the 30 bucks I spent on Warlords, um, I feel better about spending that than the $60 I spent on the actual game. So take that for what you will. Um, I do think this also cements Division 2 as just being the better game at this point. I understand we still don't have survival. We still don't, you know, we don't have one giant dark zone because that's never going to happen. Um, but just from top to bottom i i just i don't think anyone can make a logical argument still that division one was better but you know that's just my opinion um i would still like to see more modes i want to see more expansion and more stuff um I, i've already seen people say like oh man i wonder what city they're gonna do next and i think what people need to realize is that this new york update they've probably been working on this before division two even released this this has probably been in the works for a very long time. Um, now, I will say that in the helicopter menu, when you select the city, like when you're in New York and you go back to D.C., it sure opens up the possibilities of other locations that you could, other cities. But I will not assume that's coming anytime soon because it's just a lot of work. Um, the only thing I could see is maybe like a year three, they could open up a new city. Um, they talked about having Seattle and New Orleans instead of DC at one point. Um, I personally still think that um, a Chicago map would be super cool. Um, I'm just afraid it could end up being too similar to New York. Uh, but, you know, we'd have to kind of see how that plays out. Um, but I think people need to wrestle with the possibility that this expansion is is the biggest drop we're going to get in division two i could be wrong maybe there's more coming i have no idea but i think people need to wrestle with the idea that this may be the best content that we receive and that there may be some cool stuff coming but the but we won't be getting another city or that we won't be getting another giant you know story you know like we did 
not to be a downer, but just to be realistic. Um, but maybe for a year three, I don't know if, if that is a thing, I would assume they're working on it today. So we'll see. Um, what I do think is interesting is that the whole Fallout Black Tusk thing, um, what, what, I don't think we're going to address that in Division 2. Um, my guess is that uh, that's going to be a setup for Division 3. And that the thing is that we still don't know who the Black Tusk boss is. Um, I don't think they were revealing Faye as their boss. I assume that she's just now a new sergeant or something, a you know, commander or colonel or something. Um, so there's still, you know, and there's still some thought that there's more going on there than we realize. Um, the manhunt faction, you know, that seems like Keener talks a lot about how everything's bigger than him and all this. And then in his dying moment, he activates this rogue network that is supposed to basically chain all of the rogues together and turn them into one cooperative force. Um, so I assume that's going to be a thing we're going to deal with for the rest of division two, essentially. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, I think that they've basically set up at least the next year or so of content. Um, I suspect year two is going to be all about these seasons and hunting dangerous people, um, you know, to DC and New York, and I'm I'm curious to one if there will be a year three, and two though if it's gonna be maybe like another big city expansion like this with a new story that maybe leads to a division three. Um, I, I I mean I, I've seen people question whether division three is a possibility. I mean division two last year was I think the seventh or eighth highest grossing game sold like up there with Madden and Call of Duty and FIFA. So. Um, I imagine this game has like a hundred million dollar budget ish. Uh, it's hard to kind of make those numbers with a live game because of the nature of them. Um, but I mean, it, there's a real possibility that this game, you know, tripled what it costs to make in one year. And that's not even considering right now where they've been selling the game super cheap, hoping that people buy this expansion. So there's a real possibility that division two warlords of New York may end up being another big injection of cash um, to help support the game and maybe give them a reason to do a third one. But what you, uh, what you don't need a reason to do is listen to this mid roll. Yeah, that was, that was a rough one. Okay. Uh, so some community topics. So the, the level 40, um, <laughs> difficulty has been a big topic. Um, I've seen the reactions everywhere from, it's way too hard. They need to tune it down. This isn't fun all the way to it's like 1.3 division one. And I love it. <laughs> um, I fall somewhere in the middle. I mean, I appreciate the difficulty. Um, I appreciate that. I mean, like if I get to the point where I max out a build where I have God rules on almost everything, I have all the gear I want. I have the talents I want on all my gear. I have, you know, really good guns with great roles and I'm still struggling and like heroic and legendary content then maybe you know i'll be more on the side of like make it easier um but for now i feel like my gear is so rudimentary and i feel like i'm still doing okay against like heavies and stuff like that that i don't i'm not necessarily calling for a big change yet um but you know what what people need to realize is that you know here over the next week or two or even the next month 
they're going to be paying attention to numbers. They're going to be paying attention to how quickly people are beating missions, especially challenging heroic and legendary. They're going to see how often people are dying. They're going to be seeing how often people are like running out of ammo and things like that. And if they notice that like, oh man, you know, CP fours are taking people an hour to beat. Like, I don't think control point fours, even, you know, which are heroic level. I mean, they should be hard, but you know, maybe they shouldn't take longer than 20, 25 minutes. You know, I've seen people talking about like that. It's taking them like an hour to knock these control points out. And that's, maybe a bit much it's just my opinion of course but uh yeah so yeah with the difficulty I, I i get kind of both sides of it i'm still kind of in the middle um and i'm kind of curious to how they're going to handle that in the long run and then i've seen people asking like is warlords worth 30 bucks like i said before um i mean i think so again definitely a biased source here so take that into account but again i this this 30 bucks i spent on this update is the best money I've spent on the Division franchise, I would say, like, entirely. So, I, I would like to think that's a pretty ringing endorsement, um, and it's an acknowledgement that maybe, you know, previous money spent wasn't um, as advisable, um, but, you know, this 30 bucks is, is the most satisfying I've felt. There were multiple times where I was speechless. There are multiple times where I had a big old goofy smile on my face. Um, I'm not going to post the whole stream. I did a two-hour stream and then a seven-hour stream. Um, so the, it took me about 10 hours to get through the story, um, which I think is pretty solid considering how much more content opens up after the story. Story is just the beginning. Um, yeah, I think it's worth 30 bucks, and I find it... I mean, you just kind of have to hate this franchise if you don't think so, is is where I kind of stand. And if you do, that's great. Don't pay the money. You know, it's not for you. Um, but I think if you even generally enjoy this game, even if you have gripes about it, I think that this 30 bucks is hard to is hard to say no to. If you want to wait it out a few months and see if they drop the price eventually... Um, that's fine. In my chat, someone asked if they if if this is gonna if it's gonna be free. I mean, maybe eventually, but probably not. And honestly, it probably shouldn't be. I, I think this is one of those moments where it's a good time for people to show their appreciation, support for the franchise and the game and the devs by dropping some cash because you know Massive should be rewarded for what they did, as well as the other studios and it would be very good for Ubisoft to get that ringing endorsement to say, yes, yes, this, this is the content we want. And we want more of this, please more of this. This was awesome. Just my opinion, of course. Okay. So we have one listener question this week uh, from DeCorpus. I noticed, I think people were so busy playing the game this week that I didn't get a lot of, um, one topics were hard to find from the community because it seems like everyone's just excited. Um, and then listener questions. I think people are just, they're, they're stuck. So next week I, I expect more questions from you. You know who you are. Uh, but DeCorpus asked on discord, would you be against the standardization of gear stat rolls and weapon damage? Um, so if you got, let's say a striker chest, um, you, you would know exactly what every striker looks like. So that whole idea, um, they've kind of moved towards that. So it seems like, um, all of the chest pieces at level 40 have the same armor. 
um, all the, you know, every gun that's the same, like, type of gun. So, like, the MK16, every MK16 you pick up has the same damage roll, but depending on its attributes and its talent, it could be better or worse, right? So they've kind of moved that direction. I think going all the way to every single piece is exactly the same would kind of kill some of the um, the grind and the excitement of the grind. Um, I think for more casual people, it would be very welcome. <laughs> um, but it would kind of get to the point where, you know, it would be, in my opinion, too easy to just get the best of everything. Um, now, if it if it's about having all the gear would have the same stats, but but like RNG, how good the stats are individually, that's a little bit better. Because um, even now, I still think that the the attribute pool is still just a hair too big. There's a few attributes that I, I really just think that most 99% of players would be happy if they were just gone. Um, so I don't know if I'd want to go that far. Um, on the other hand, um, I do think doing something like that is about the only way they'll ever find a way to truly balance PvP. Um, but, you know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I would love for PvP to be really fun in this game. I don't think it is now. I don't really think... I think it's been fun in the past, but I don't think it's been good. And it definitely hasn't been something I think the game should try to base itself on. Um, so I think changing stuff that drastically just for PvP would be a mistake. Because I don't believe that PvP is what pushes these games like Destiny and Warframe and <sighs> Anthem, maybe if it fixes itself. Um, I really think that it starts with a good incentivized loot game and good PvE and, and activities and things to do. And some nice PvP would be good also, a la Destiny 2. Okay, well, that's what I have this week. It's uh, it's late. <laughs> I, I was busy all day. So um, I'm not going to drag on too much longer. Uh, if you can, please take a moment to rate the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. It helps me get noticed. If you want to support the podcast or my other content, please check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash the echo cast. I am Bondiesel on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Bondiesel, where I try to stream three-ish times a week. Uh, I am also on Twitter uh, at Bondiesel. Look me up if you dare. Um, and last, if you want some cool EchoCast or Bondiesel merch, check out bondiesel.live slash merch. That's all I have. So until next time. <laughs> I'm going to go to the next one.